Welcome to the SUMC podcast, where I hope to encourage you towards life and church revitalization, and am your unofficial source for revitalization within the local UMC. Uh, This is because I serve within the UMC, and I've seen an across-the-board issue of discipleship, and I seek to use the knowledge that I have gained, more importantly, what I'm learning on my own journey. With those of you who have been struggling for years or are just starting out and might have some ideas or simply just don't know what to do. So my hope is that we can walk this journey together, and I can be a source of encouragement for the new ideas you may have. And then if you just don't know what to do, perhaps I can spark something for you to do in your local church. So today I'll be talking about community engagement, as this is episode three. And some preliminary thoughts I have on this are an important aspect of church is being involved in the local community. I think that's probably pretty obvious. But I think there's a big difference in being a church within the community, serving that community, than there is being a church within the walls of that church, serving the community within the walls. So both are important and have certain goals and purposes, but I want to talk about what so many churches lack in, and that's what I see as true community engagement, not just involvement. Originally, I thought to title this community involvement, but when I thought about it, the word engagement had more of the connotative impact that I was looking for and what I'm going to be talking about. I see involvement as where you're helping to do events and things in the community. You show up, you do your part, and then you leave. You might have some good conversations, might even invite a person or two to church, The community has a good, enjoyable event, but then you don't see most, if any, of those people in church anytime soon afterwards. Involvement tends to lend towards the idea of church growth rather than truly transforming the community. That might seem contradictory to what I just said, because you never see those people in church. But oftentimes, when churches desire community involvement, their desire is that they'll extend an invitation and those people will come to church. Unfortunately, that kind of misses the idea of what we ought to be getting at as a local church. Therefore, engagement is something that I see as we're working in the community for kingdom impact, or just simply for impact. (laughs) So this means getting involved with organizations to bring about some kind of change or benefit to the community that is ongoing. It also means that you understand the engagement may not have anything to do with your church directly, but engagement is more about kingdom work than it is church growth. So let's see if I can unpack this a little bit to get a little bit more into what I'm talking about. I think there are six things that we need to think about with community engagement. First of all, number one, This should be done without any kind of agenda. You might think, well, of course there's going to be an an agenda. We're doing community engagement so that people know Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. Well, I kind of am getting at the negative aspects of um, the agendas that people have. And so this is the agenda of church growth, which comes from an attitude of selfishness, which I'll get to in number three. But for right now, what I'm talking about is Do it without an agenda. So by agenda, I mean that as a church leader, 
you're not doing things in the community with the intention of only benefiting your church. I've been to events in a community put on by a church, and then I've seen the people in that church talk more about their church and themselves than they seem interested in listening to the needs of the individuals within that community. This is done under the cloak of evangelism. I do not think that's evangelism. Evangelism is about bringing people to the kingdom of God, not just your church. So when that is in view first, bringing people to the kingdom of God and the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, when that is in view first, and then when you are listening to their stories, rather than just waiting for an opportunity to talk about your church or your own story, and when the kingdom of God is primary, and you're discussing that with the other people, and your church is secondary, then I think you'll be doing things without an agenda. I would even say that there could be a conversation that leads to the point where you might say, you know, you might like our church, but I think if you went to this other church, it would really benefit you, and I think you'd fit in there well. Not to say we don't want you in our church, but I think talking to you now, I really think that this other church you would be able to get involved in and learn more. Invite them to both. See what they want. Let the decision be theirs. But when you're about to the kingdom of God, it doesn't matter where they go, so long as they go and they're getting involved and they're being equipped. And your church might not have the things that they need at this point, at this point or this moment. And that doesn't mean that you invite them because they might be the one to get that ministry going. They might need to grow and be equipped. And so just invite them to do that and a church where you know that could happen for them. Also, when you go with an agenda, people are going to pick up on what you're doing, and they're going to realize any falseness. They're going to go expecting you to invite them to church. Um, and so maybe you see that as a reason to make that okay. Well, I would say just be passive about it. Have some materials out if people want some more information. But make the conversations be more about Jesus Christ, what he's done in your life, what he can do in theirs and invite them to know more about Jesus, maybe to continue the conversation over coffee, join a small group, but really make this about the kingdom of God, not just fill in the pews. And this leads me to number two. This needs to be done with the right heart. Why are you doing community engagement? Why, really, why are you doing it? What has led you to it? Is it about Jesus? Or is it about filling the church pews and coffers? Now, I can tell you as a pastor, it's so hard not to be driven by just wanting to fill the pews. <laughs> I so want people to know the love and the joy of Jesus Christ, but a big part of me also desires they be involved in the church and be tithers. But while I may want that, and that's selfish, really I do yearn for individuals to know Jesus Christ, His saving grace, his strength to reorder and reorient us in our own lives and to bring about true eternal transformation within each individual in the here and the now. The other stuff, tithing, all that, engagement, people be involved in church, God's going to take care of all that, as He often does. What I need to do and what we need to do as leaders is to properly teach and equip people and God will bring the blessing through His Holy Spirit. He'll convict people through His Holy Spirit. He'll transform people through His Holy Spirit. We are simply the ambassadors of God with His message.
that he's given us to be stewards of. So this leads me to number three. We need to do community engagement with the right attitude. If your why, so to speak, is to build your church, then your attitude is going to seem selfish, and you're going to come across that way. If your why is to build the kingdom of God, then your attitude is going to be one of joy and grace that people are going to be drawn to. That's the Holy Spirit. So it needs to be done with the right attitude. Number four, as I've said so often before already, it needs to be about the kingdom, not your local church. We pray all the time, God's kingdom come. And so what can you do to bring about true justice and peace within your community? Our United Methodist Church is very focused on social justice right now and loving people. But you know, if you start with loving people and social justice, you're not going to love God every time. In fact, you might be lending towards being disobedient and teaching others to be disobedient. But if you love God first then true social justice and loving of others will happen every time. Because when you put God first, everything else falls into place. But when you put people first and social justice first, then you're being led by the the tides of culture and emotion and present reason rather than eternal wisdom. So be careful. And number five, where to get involved. Well, the short answer is anywhere you can. You might think, well, I'm involved in my local church. Well, really look at what your local church is doing. Are there other things that you can be doing? Maybe you need to join a club, like Rotary or Lions Club or something like that. Now, I'll quickly say here that if there's something like the Masons um, that a lot of people are hesitant to join, you know, if there's something that's against some deeply held religious views, then don't join that club. But also, don't let that keep you from looking into other clubs and what you could do. Don't just think that all these organizations are unchristian and therefore you shouldn't join them. That is ridiculous. Have confidence in your faith and in yourself that the Holy Spirit's going to guide you and look into it. Because if you're not getting involved, then you're not doing anything. And you're going to find yourself on the wrong side of Jesus Christ in the end. Another thing that you might need to do is get a part-time job. Sometimes, especially as a pastor, you want to avoid being bivocational because you just don't know where you're going to have the time. Well, maybe you're extending yourself too much. Maybe you need to slow down. I know this has been true for my own life. And having a part-time job actually keeps you engaged with the community because of the people that you're working with and that are around you. Now, number six. As a leader in a church, or as a pastor, don't see yourself as the next Billy Graham, the next John Wesley, which I think we have a lot of idolatry with Wesley in our church where everybody wants to be just like him. Don't see yourself as someone that's going out to the masses that's going to do this great and mighty work as God's chosen person. God has chosen you for a purpose. But let him define what that purpose is and bring you into whatever he has for you. You should not see your community involvement and engagement as a way to generate thousands of members. There is a time and place to cast the net, so to speak. But don't make that your primary means of discipleship. You start with one. You invite, and then you move on to the next one. And have them invite 
and start with one as well. Make that your consistent pattern of behavior with particular attention to what I said above in the first two points. And what those are, are um, being without an agenda and doing it with the right heart. People are going to pick up on what you're trying to do. And if you're being honest and open, that's what they want to see. And then they'll listen and they'll talk. So start with one. So people are going to know when you're being insincere and have an ulterior motive. And you know what? They're actually going to be looking for it. So be aware of that. But also, don't let that keep you from having the conversation. And again, be about them and where they are. Invite them to something that could be life-changing. Sure, it might be an event at your church. It could be something somewhere else, like Kingdom Bound, or Iron Sharpens Iron, or these women events um, that are happening all over the place, or issues of race and justice. Maybe you need to be an invitational to things like that, and then go out for dinner or something afterwards and have a conversation. So let's wrap this up. So the six things about community engagement. Do it without an agenda. Do it with the right heart. Do it with the right attitude. Let it be about the kingdom. Get involved in another club. Start a 501c3 um, organization. Don't see yourself as going out to the masses as the next great evangelist. Now, if you're a new pastor, you're going to want to hit the ground running. And it's July 2019, and we are in the season of pastoral changes. So listen up. No matter what, everything is going to happen in God's time. So if you're running fast and want to hit the ground running, and you want to do all kinds of changes within the church, and put some lights up front, and you know, get your guest services all together and train up your people to be hospitable and all this other stuff. That's going to be great. But remember the things that I talked about community engagement. If now you've got all these things set and you're about building up the church and the pews, people are going to pick up on that and you're going to be sorely disappointed. Everything's going to be happening in God's time. So if you're running fast, you're just going to burn yourself out because God's going to do it when He wants to and He wants to make sure that you're being obedient to Him and not doing your own thing. So slow down. Enjoy what each day brings. Do your duties. Follow the Spirit. And as I've heard so many times from Revitalize and Replant with Tom Rainer, a guest of his, Mark Clifton, always says to have tactical patience. And so I would encourage you to listen to that podcast, Revitalize and Replant with Tom Rainer. Make that part of your weekly or daily devotionals. And check out 200 Churches podcast as well, which is encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now, if you've been in your church for a while, you might know your community too well, or they might know you too well. But there are people in the community that need to be reached, that need to know the message of the gospel. Perhaps there's some conversations that you've been avoiding with people that know you too well that you need to go and you need to have. There are hearts out there that God is preparing and has prepared for the harvest. And they are likely in places and people where you don't want to go and people you don't want to talk to. So be prayerful and obedient to what God wants, not what you want. And if you're a church without a pastor, you might even see your community involvement as not being an issue. You might think that you're entirely involved in the community and that what you need is a pastoral lead leader to lead you into the next change. Well... Pastors aren't silver bullets, youth pastors aren't silver bullets, and a family coming into your church with three or four kids is not a silver bullet. 
So let's talk about this. In a community, if you're in the community, are you serving that community? Or are you serving the community within the walls of your church? There's a big difference. Are you going out to people? Or are you constantly doing things where they're coming to you? If they're constantly coming to you, that's church involvement, not community engagement. And if you grew up in the community, in that church that you're in, I would encourage you to get some objective perspectives. In other words, people that don't normally come to church, just invite them. Say, look, I want to invite you to church, but I want your input from an outsider perspective on what you see. How did you feel? Were you welcome? Did you know where to go? How did it look? How did it feel? Um, Ask them difficult questions and then listen to what they have to say. There are many ways to do this. There's a lot of resources out there. Uh, Perhaps I'll talk about that in a future podcast, but for now I'll just say that there's resources from the Free Methodist Church and from um, Tom Rainer's podcast. So check those things out. So some final thoughts. Jesus did things in the community, and he taught in the community, but he also taught in the synagogues. My question is, why have we privatized everything to be within the church? And we do not focus on teaching as Jesus did. We say to love like Jesus, and he loved through teaching and then action. How are we understanding this concept? How is your church understanding this concept? What do you need to learn? What do you need to teach? And what practical things could you do even on Sundays to equip and be equipped for engaging your community as a body of believers? So I would encourage you to be in prayer about this and begin to just step out. Next time, episode four, we're going to define discipleship and talk about some aspects of discipleship and a discipleship process that I would encourage you to have in your local church. And then in episode 5, I'm going to talk about how to start that process within a local church, a UMC, that's still run by committees. So stay tuned for all that. And again, this is the SUMC podcast, where I hope to encourage you towards life and church revitalization. And I'm your unofficial source for revitalization within the local UMC. God bless.